Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about a very interesting word. It's called eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. It's spelled E-U-D-A-I-M-O-N-I-A. And what is this weird word? Well, you know, it's about coming the best version of ourselves. It has a lot to do with virtue and uh, how to be happy. Uh, You know, in, in the quest to understand what makes people happy, you know, you have to look back at the ancient writings of the Greek philosopher Aristotle. Now, Aristotle proposed the concept of uh, uh, eudaimonia, uh, pronounced once again eudaimonia, in the 4th century BC. And uh, it's regarding, uh, he wrote this uh, uh, Nicomachean, uh, which means ethics. And the terms of uh, eudaimonia, sorry, I'm stumbling over my own show, Um, you know, it's based on the Greek words EU, which is good, daemon, which is spirit, means good spirit. And, um, you know, it describes a notion that living in accordance with your, your spirit, uh, which we take to mean character and virtue, leads to a good life. Now, you know, I always say that we're, we're souls living a human life. And what that means is the soul carries our purpose and then we have our human life, which we can just function in our human life and never thrive. But what the soul is about and what the spirit is about is our passions and how we can give back to others. And if you take it from a Christian perspective, it's, it's personifying the, the light of Jesus through our work in our life in order to help other people. And those are our testimonies. Those are our gifts that we give each other. And, and, and we may make a living <clears throat> doing those things, but the bottom line is, they help people move to a different state of being where they're their better form of themselves, where they're the better version of themselves. You know, and Aristotle uh, introduced the notion that individuals always striving towards perfection, um, you know, will never be realized. And just as an acorn within the potential to be an oak tree, and an oak tree or any other type of tree or a bird or a daffodil, a fertilized human egg is the potential to be a person nor does anything else. And so inherent in each person is a unique set of potentials. And so that that view that from Aristotle is driven to pursue our potential and, you know, try to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And that might be an artist. It might be a, a musician, a scholar, a craftsman, a doctor, an athlete, an explorer. But that... Um, eudaimonic life is is to be had whenever we're in pursuit of fulfilling our potential. And that way we find more meaning and purpose in life. And I know this is kind of a heady show, but, you know, it's really interesting because I was reading uh, Thomas Aquinas, uh, the mule, they called him. Thomas Aquinas was a saint, not in his own life, but after his life. And he basically... uh, was uh, very wealthy as a child, but he gave up all his wealth. He liked books and and he liked studying. Um, And so he studied a lot of Greek philosophy, but he really took uh, eudaimonia and and moved that into a part of what his ministry was about. 
And so, you know, he spoke quite a bit about it. And that's where I caught fire onto this word. And, and you know, if you really start to embellish this word and inherit it into your spirit, it really can change your life because we no longer fight trivial battles. When we live in virtue, you know, we're, we're looking more for the good in people rather than the bad in people. And so many people are used to having the worst seen in them and, and being judged uh, harshly and being viewed by the way they look or being viewed by the, what they wear. Um, you know, sadly, uh, a lot of people never, ever get to the depths of what a person is. Well, when you're talking about eudaimonia, what you're really talking about is having a deep and, and interesting and powerful life-changing conversation with yourself and potentially a conversation after you have it with yourself with other people. And that means, who do I really want to be? You know, the obvious example, and by the way, none of this can be accomplished without the idea that we've all been forgiven. And, and so, you know, forgiven by Christ. And that's why he died on the cross, for us to be forgiven. He sacrificed himself in order for us to realize how awful we really are and to basically understand that he has, despite ourselves, we're still forgiven by God and he will fight for us. And so that's the, 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 the eudaimonic life is, is, you know, something that is fulfilling our potential. And it's, it means finding more meaning, the purpose of life. And, and I will tell you, and I've said this in other shows too, but I'll tell you the most important thing to understand, and I come from an existentialistic uh, philosophy uh, background, is that your life is only meant to live in the moment. Your life is not meant to be lived in the future, not to meant to be lived in the past. It's not that we can't dream. It's not that we can't look back at fond memories. But, you know, the bottom line is we need to be fully present, especially when we're with other people. And being mindful takes like things like prayer or mediation or, uh, you know, uh, uh, meditation where you can sit down and really take in where you're at and what you're doing. And if you begin to do that, all that stress that we carry and all those fears and those negative projections that we have in our heads go away and the real meaning of our soul comes forward and is able to connect with another person. You know, you know, uh, apparent goods are things we simply don't need. You know, they may give us pleasure, but we don't actually need them. But the important thing is not to confuse real goods, which can lead us to think we do need them. You know, in, in modern day... Uh, uh, psychology, they, they, they're now ta uh, taking these ideas based on new Greek philosophy very seriously in this eudaimonia uh, in their quest to understand what it seems to be the most important thing in life. And, and a different way of thinking about happiness, and, and that's another way to equate eudaimonia, is that they, they're viewed, that we're viewed, bombarded in our daily lives by advertisements that seek to define our modern life and sell us goods uh, as if they were real and, and seen in this way, our life makes it hard to find happiness because we end up striving for and investing our energies to quest for goods. In short, we seek pleasure and joy at the expense of meaning and purpose. I mean, how many of you can leave Costco with less than spending less than 100 bucks? There you go. Uh, you know, what does it actually mean in practice to follow Aristotle's philosophy? Well, we, we, we have to learn the difference between what real goods are and apparent goods and to seek the golden meaning in our life. And so if you are in turn your attention to what really matters, becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be 
is the most powerful gift that we can give anyone. And that means being present with our children, with our spouse, with our families. If we're gathering, let's say for the holidays, and we're actually there with them and not in a defense mechanism, not talking to a a political party or not talking to a point of view that we don't like. Instead of that, instead of characterizing people, we're actually there in real time with them as a person, despite what their views are, despite how they see things, and despite what label we're tempted to present them with, we deal with them as a person. You know, if you just, and, and you know, if you think about the word happiness, happiness, happy, to be happy, you know, that that's really hard because happiness really takes one ingredient that if you don't have that, it's going to be really hard to be truly happy. And that is peace. And peace is acceptance. And that's not just acceptance of ourself, but it's acceptance of all other people and all other people's points of view, despite the evil things they've done, despite the mean things they've done, despite who they are, we still treat them as a person, as a spirit. And we have to look for the good in that person and try to bring them back to the good in them. And so, you know, uh, the, the good, the, the, the uh, daemon, which is the soul or the self, it's, it's difficult to translate it. But in Greek philosophy, eudaimonia means achieving the best conditions possible for a human being in every sense, not only happiness, but also virtue, morality, a meaningful life. And guess what that means? Consistency. Doing those things over and over and over again as a gift back to the human race. We sacrifice ourselves through our talents, through our abilities. If you're a school teacher, you work in a factory, whatever, you, you're a janitor, you're giving back. You know, you're maybe as somebody that does uh, the, 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 the equipment for a, te- a sports team, you're giving back in some way and you're providing the facilitation of people to have a release if it's a sport or have a sense of, of a place to, uh, to to relax, to enjoy. Uh, maybe it's having a place for people to learn and to grab onto things. But, you know, the thing about peace is, peace is, is really pure acceptance, pure acceptance of another person, not trying to change them. And this is sad because in marriage, People marry and then they try to change each other because they can't seem to compromise on the things that they want to compromise or they overcompromise or undercompromise and are unhappy. And that's called bad boundaries. And, and people that have bad boundaries have no peace because they're always giving or taking more than they should. You know, so the deal is peace provides happiness. It's the forum. It's the setup to be happy. And, and if you can get that, if you can start accepting life and reversing your idea to try to control everything and control outcomes, you're going to release yourself to become the human being that you really are. You're now going to see things and people for who they are and, and, and reach that deeper part of them and, and that grateful part of them, the, the parts where they're thankful to be alive, where they recognize, let's say if you're a Christian, that everything you have in this world, including your children, anything in this life, your money, all of it belongs to God, and we are just grateful to have it for ourselves to use while we're here on this planet. You know, and, and not just use, but to facilitate or to grow or to learn or to make better. If you, you know, if you should a parent, 
you should excel at raising your children. If you're a doctor, you should excel at healing people. If you're a philosopher, you should excel at gaining knowledge and wisdom and, and teaching. And of course, each person plays many roles in life. And, and it's by excelling in all of them that one achieves eudaimonia. And so I know it's a weird concept to be harboring on for an hour, but I will tell you that we're really talking right into the center of why we exist on this planet and what creates meaning in our life. And so many people live in their head. And I can tell you, doing psychology for over 20 years, the deal is, is that people live in their heads or live in the past or live in their fears. And life is a faith-based venture. And the only protection you have is to know that you always have good intentions, that you always try to have as much integrity as you possibly can in sense of doing what is right. And and we're all flawed. And not God knows I've made my mistakes in life. I've made so many. I can't even count. I'm sure all of us have. But the bottom line is, do we come back to trying to do better? And that's what eudaimonia is, the fulfillment, the living good, a moral life, a human flourishing, a spiritual success, a living in parallel and, and in a dialogue with Jesus. If you're married, you know, the thing about uh, from a Christian perspective, I'm not going to sit here and preach to you on Christianity, but the bottom line is, is in a Christian life, your relationship to God is learned through a person you're in a relationship with. So if you have a spouse or if you have a partner or if you if you have a relationship, how you learn to relate to God is how you learn to compromise to the, with that person and form a life with them. If you begin to form a life with that person, you begin to understand how we integrate God into our lives. And when you have children, you're basically coming back to those children and viewing them from the perspective of how God loves us. And so we're carrying God's love to our children through us. Us by learn, knowing and, and feeling the comfort that God is always looking out for us as it, you know, as our Father. So you know, if you look at happiness, you know we have random occurrences, fortunes. Uh, you know, essentially happiness originally meant something like fortunate, but but you know, eudaimonia has little to do with luck. And by the way, the word luck doesn't even exist in the Bible. Um, you know, moreover, happiness is an emotion and it's only one. And that's what makes it so hard. You don't want to live in, a, in, a, in an emotion. You know, you want to live in a state of being. Happiness is something that a person might create or lose at any moment. While eudaimonia takes a long effort to build and has staying power. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a philosophy. It's a living philosophy. So, for instance, happiness means emotion. Uh, eudaimonia means a state of being. Happiness means temporary. Eudaimonia means ongoing. And happiness is measured by pleasure. And eudaimonia is measured by excellence. Whereas happiness can, can be achieved by immoral means. But eudaimonia can only be achieved by living a moral life. And happiness means you're connected with luck. And eudaimonia means you're connected with effort. And effort means that we continue, despite how we may feel, we continue to positively participate in the human experience while we are alive. You know, the ultimate 
uh, end of Acts in eudaimonia means happiness is a sense of living well, which all men desire, but all and all people desire, but all acts are but different means chosen to arrive at it. And that comes from a Hannah Ardent, and she was a 20th century philosopher. She she was really influenced by Aristotle. But in that quote, she interprets one of the more controversial points of Aristotle's philosophy. Aristotle argues that all human actions are aimed at eudaimonia, or at achieving the good life. But some people have a faulty conception of what eudaimonia means. They may think that a good life means enjoying wealth or pleasure, regardless of the consequences. But Aristotle really was arguing that, that this is how animals live. So, therefore, someone who conceives of eudaimonia in such a way, and by, by the way, Aristotle did not believe in God, but he, if he did, he believed in several. Um, uh, the, the, we're no better, he basically said we're no better than dogs, yet many people do pursue pleasure instead of a moral life. And so, what he's saying is, uh, you know, some people are not fully human because they look for pleasure. And so, people that are human, in his view, are people that are pursuing a better life. Uh, from from um, uh, Thomas Aquinas's perspective, that means they're touching other people's lives. They're personifying the light of Jesus into other people's lives. So this Thomas Aquinas, you know, uh, uh, the ultimate and and the highest end of human life is eudaimonia. Eudaimonia. So the happiness is an active, specifically, and it's active to the highest uh, faculties and and people. And it's determined in how a person functions. And that means their choices. And your choices are who you are. They define your character. And people that don't make choices don't fully uh, become uh, the person that they are because they're not able to make any decisions. And decisions are what help people guide their idea of how to respond to you. They're the mirror in which they look into you. So many people are, if you you know about buying them gifts, they're impossible to buy gifts for. Number one, um, because they're too perfectionistic and too controlling to allow anyone to really buy them something. Oftentimes they have to buy it for themselves. Um, but the bottom line is there also many people uh, have a tendency to, to uh, never make enough decisions for anybody to know what to buy them. So they're kind of like a ghost in a human life. And those people really never uh, uh, get beyond themselves. They never really make those great uh, uh, movements or, or those great changes that help other people and guide other people. Because we, we, we have the opportunity to be an example, not just for our kids, but for other people in our lives if we live in this eudaimonia spirit. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to get a little bit more human and less philosophical about describing Udomonian, how to implement that into your character, into your life. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com. 
or 951-818-7856. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about this weird term from way back in Aristotle's days called uh, eudaimonia. And, uh, you know, if you look at it, you have to wonder what it's all about. And what I've been talking about, it's basically... Um, becoming one with your spirit, becoming in tune with who you are, trying to radiate your passions and your joys to people who need them. And, uh, you know, if you looked at uh, Jesus's life, he went to the poor, the hungry, the the, the sick, and uh, basically people that, that needed help. And, um, you know, he didn't spend his time with, with, with others who were just critical or in their heads or any of that kind of stuff. He got down and dirty and really got to the people that needed him. And that's the bottom line of what we're all supposed to do. We're supposed to take the talents that we have, whatever those may be, and we're supposed to apply them in a way that Jesus would have applied them and put those talents into helping other people facilitate their good and help them be healthy and help them be the better part of themselves. And so it's, it's kind of an epidemic, uh, if you can create it, where you're trying to begin the, the, the wheel turning towards the good in people. You know, how do you get to this eudaimonia? Well, the, the, the biggest part is you have to know your life goals. You know, if you have this really weird lofty goal at a first glance, but we see it from, the, you know, uh, that, that it doesn't have to mean, a, a, if you have a lofty goal, that's great. But, you know, you, you don't have to have like a 10 or a 30 or a 50 year plan. It does mean we need to aspire to achieving something or die trying. 
You know, it, it, it is seemingly enough to have or to strive to have the sense of core beliefs which guide you and give meaning to your existence. You know, um, you know, to bring happiness to others, to help others who are suffering. You know, uh, working with marriage, that just the basic concepts uh, in marriage, like if I'm working with a couple that's in deep pain, you know, it's so simple. If the guy's not cherishing the wife, if he's not, you know, making her feel like, you know, or, or tr- not making her feel, but personifying her as his best friend or, or being in, is that he can't live his life without her. He doesn't even know why she's with him. You know, he totally looks up to her in that regard. Then she's in the center of his life. And that's where he's learning how to love God and integrate God. And so what's so good about that is she's measuring everything he does on Cherish. And so if he's able to do that, then all of a sudden the marriage starts to become better. And then if she comes a better listener and more respectful in a sense of hearing him, he feels masculated. He feels like he's a man. And then they start coming together. Well, these are things that I had to learn. And many people, you know, I'm sure many people have learned, but you have to be able to get that understanding before you snap everything else back together. And also, you know, just looking at, at, at uh, you know, how people communicate with each other, teaching them different ways. Well, these are my gifts. And so what I'm trying to say is I take my gifts and I try to heal marriages and not that I heal all of them because I don't. But the bottom line is, is that taking that gift and if it's going to impact their children, if it's going to impact their life, if that therapy can work, then all of a sudden the rest of their life starts to become a lot more peaceful. Their marriage becomes more fulfilling and the bad, bad, stupid mistakes uh, that they have made in the past tend to go away or at least tone down. And that's a very important aspect. So what I'm trying to say is there's the purpose of the work that I do in marriage family therapy. There's some of it there. But but the bottom line, and that's just couples, but the bottom line is all of us do something that plugs into life and influences other people. Another way to achieve edemonia is to focus on your capabilities and your skills towards achieving the goals. You know, anything hard, if you can accomplish hard and dedicate yourself towards hard and throw an emotion at hard that like, you know, frustration or you're comparing yourself to other people, you're jealous or whatever, you just want something really bad. Well, you know, find an emotion that'll make you do hard. You know, if if you're a kind person and you're great with kids or you're a talented doctor, can you direct your skills towards achieving these goals for the sake of practicing virtue? Can you do it for the sake of virtue and in a sense that you magnify that to a much larger audience of people rather than just the onesie twosies or the certain particular people in your life? You know, if if you look um, – there's there's a YouTube from uh, from uh, King's College London. It describes how the idea isn't to become a doctor because that's going to make you happy, but because you're aiming to fulfill your own unique best potentials and of course to live in accordance with your virtues. You know, if you go to school to do something to help other people, go for them. Go to class to learn to help them and collect tools to help them. Don't do it for yourself because you will benefit, but you're putting the cart before the horse. Do it because you want to affect other people. And if you do it for those reasons, you're doing it for the right reason, not to make as much money as possible, not to live in the big house, on you know, mansion on, on the hill. Um, it's the bottom line is you're looking to do good with that. And from that, you may profit. You know, we also want to develop your best potentials. 
And, and that's another eudaimonic feature. It's about being the best you can be, driven by real, authentic, meaningful, purpose-driven, people-oriented goals. And, and stretching that doctor example a little further, this would be distinct from wanting to be the best doctor you can be for the money. Wrong goal, wrong reason, and every human being that comes your way is going to sense that something is not quite right. And, and it's very important to get engaged in those activities, to derive meaning from this development, uh, you know, this, this, this experience of eudaimonia. Why? Because it's the pursuit itself, that eudaimonia is not an end goal. This, is, this all sounds really confusing, but it may help to, 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 to look back and see that, that the pursuit of virtue and excellence and the best in us is the greatest purpose of living. And so you want to also be able to express yourself. And, you know, if you fall back on the fact, I'm an introvert, well, I'm an introvert, but I'm still out there. You know, you you don't just hide in the corner. You want to express yourself. And that means uh, with a little more than it seems at first glance, you know, you, you, uh, you express who you are, not just how you feel. Because a lot of people live in their feelings. And, and that's the wrong way to live. When you live in your feelings, that's depression. And that means your feelings are in charge of who you are. Well, that means you're always in a, let's just say you're always in fight or flight. Well, fight or flight. So where's the brain there? Where's thought there? You know, you're never going to be able to get to the evolved human being you should be or could be if you're in fight or flight. And that's where fear is. And so people that get in their head and predict bad negative outcomes and crap like that, those, those people will never get to their true self because fear is in front of them, front and center, dictating how they feel emotionally because to respond to fear, you, you have to have fight or flight in, 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 uh, in play at all times. And so those people live what's called a reactive life where they're always feeling like a victim because they do what they feel instead of what they think. And, and you know, super intelligent uh, people that have a lot of common sense are people who basically understand that you have a thought and then you find an emotion that will drive your thought. If you want to, let's say, write an article, write a book, do, do a podcast, whatever, you have to find a reason to do that in an emotion that will make you want to do that. And so that's a very, very important aspect. You know, there's uh, flourishing, which is also another part of eudaimonia. You know, um, it, flourishing describes people who have uh, both high levels of, of eudaimonia and, and uh, good well-being. And, and that's, you know, hedonic motives, uh, not always good, but, but, you know, individuals with high hedonic and, and high eudaimonic motives as compared to individuals with, uh, you know, uh, seeking to pursue excellence, uh, you know, th these people are living in a bigger concept of who they are rather than just, you know, trying to live the human life. So, you know, if you look at people that want to live an eudaimonic life, they, they seek to pursue excellence or a personal ideal. That means they're seeking. They don't always reach it. They seek to do what they believe. They seek, they seek to, to look for the best in themselves. They seek to develop a skill and a learn and a great insight into something that other people have not taken the time to have. And so it's very important to grasp that. And so, uh, you know, volunteering uh, daily activities and behaviors of people that actually flourish in a eudaimonic life is uh, people that volunteer their time. 
or people that give money to people in need or a, or a cause that serves people in need or, or writing out their future goals or expressing gratitude for some other people's actions. You know, I can't tell you how much gratitude will buy you in this life. Looking at people and always being grateful when they make the extra effort to be kind, when they make an extra effort to identify with you. You know, um, Trader Joe's is oftentimes a good place to see that, where the cashier is not just ringing you out, but they're asking, how's your day? Hey, what are you doing later? You know, hey, I like this, I like that, or what's going on here? Or, what do you think about this idea? You know, those people are very good conversationalists, many of them, not all of them. But many of them are. And what's really wonderful is it's not just what you get at Trader Joe's, and I'm not just saying it's only there, but that's a good example. Only there, when you go there, oftentimes you have an experience along with getting some pretty good products. And so, um, you know, expressing gratitude, either written or verbal, always a good thing. Carefully listening to other people's point of view. Wow, you know, so many people are not used to being heard. And, and being able to hear someone, the listener is the most powerful person in the conversation. And so what's really important to understand is that whoever is the, the, the listener is always, always a powerful person because they're curious about life. They're curious about how they can help other people. They tap into their wisdom if they have something to give. And that is a gift. That is a huge gift to have someone that will actually take the time to learn what another person is thinking. And also confiding in someone about something that is of personal importance to you. Maybe someone that has something to offer back to you or a different perspective to offer back to you. And, and, and also, uh, you know, if you think about yourself, if you want to grow as a person and, and you're the smartest person in the room, go to a room where people are smarter. If you want to have good friends, go to where people are smarter than you or have better character than you because those people are making choices that you need and you need to get that role model to help you understand how to be the better you. You know, if you confide in someone about something that's of personal importance, that creates a relationship sometimes. And also, you know, per uh, persevering at your goals by being, you know, uh, uh, relentless and trying to stay on track and, and not somebody that diverts themselves, staying on goals. If you have that ability to, to take things from the beginning to the end, you have a lot of wisdom and you have a lot to share with other people because so many people are not resilient. They give up. And, and by doing that, they basically don't fulfill what they're here. They're, they're, they're trying to make it, uh, human uh, control over what the outcome is rather than a control that may be guided by God. And so many people stand in front of God by trying to develop a life in which they are making their own choices. You know, how do you practice virtue? Well, you know, we talked about that golden mean. Well, what's a mean? A mean is the middle. So if you take a survey of people on a certain topic and whatever they land at, let's say if it's a Likert scale, like one to 10, and they landed a seven on the average, that's the mean. And so uh, the golden means means to, to try to, to be in excess of what the mean is. That means to go above and beyond what the average person would do. And that means pursuing knowledge 
as well as temperance and courage and justice and, and practice that pursuit. And we need to exercise self-regulation and rational thought while we're doing that. That means we don't get overly emotional. We stay logical and we stay focused on what the goal is. And that's the most important thing. And, and so if you, uh, you know, if you give some examples of how virtue is or, or excess is, um, you know, you have to look at what uh, deficiencies are. Deficiencies is like cowardice, insensibility, stinginess, pettiness, vanity, a lack of ambition. You know, look at these people that are still living in their parents' homes at 35 years old. You know, surliness, uh, mock honesty, boorishness, shamelessness, envy. And, and what is virtue? Well, virtue is huge. That's courage. That's temperance. These are things that we want in our character. That's generosity, uh, 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 you know, uh, proper pride, proper ambition, good temper, friendliness, civility, truthfulness, uh, wittiness, modesty, you know, proper indignation. But what is an excess? An excess is rashness, self-indulgence, extravagance, vulgarity, ambition, um, you know, boastfulness, uh, buffoonery, shyness, uh, you know, spite. These are not cool things to have. Now, we have to look at what a sphere of feeling or is that we have to challenge ourselves is. You know, we have to evaluate what's our fear and what's our confidence? What's our pleasures? What's our pain when, when we're looking at something? You know, what's what's getting and, and spending? What's getting and spending in in an extraordinary way? What's honor and dishonor? You know, what's anger mean to us? What's social conduct mean to us? What's self-expression mean to us or conversation or shame? You know, these are elements that we always have to evaluate about who we are. Now, we're going to step back and we're going to look at some of the problems uh, that get in the way of having our own good personal well-being in an eudaimonia way and try to get a better understanding of how to integrate more of that into who we are. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. 
You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about eudaimonia. And eudaimonia is a sense of knowing who we are and taking our spirit, taking our purpose in life, taking what we are highly skilled at and applying it to helping the people that need us in those areas. And um, there's another word, hedonia. And, you know, there is a distinction between eudaimonia and hedonia. For instance, with eudaimonia, what it's looking for, what that term really looks for from a a philosophic and from a personal perspective is a person that's really authentic. And to find somebody that's authentic in this life is almost impossible. It's, It's just amazing how many people live in their ego and how they personify themselves, especially if you read them on Facebook. Um, you know, they give you the best possible spin on who they possibly are. But the bottom line is people that are authentic, and that means they're humble. That means they're not defensive. That means they're they're okay taking a leap of faith to open part of themselves up to other people. You know, I think people truly admire that as a feature in a person because that's when you can really learn something from people when they're authentic. But to be authentic means you have to be available and you have to be present. And you have to be tuned in to the people that you may be speaking to in a way that you're learning how to get through to them and how they can get through to you. It's a two-way dialogue where, like, if I'm doing therapy, I'm not going to be just teaching them something. They're teaching me something about them. And then I'm understanding how to get through to them in one way or another. But authenticity is something that we crave in this life, yet there's so little of it. Also, excellence. Excellence means that you can trust somebody's wisdom, that they have a a knowledge that is so far beyond what other people have that they're able to look into, let's say a doctor looking into uh, what your symptoms might be and be able to build an idea of what that what's possibly going on with you and then medicate that and heal you. You know, that's excellence. And then there's meaning. And that means meaning is means you have to be authentic. And that means that it's a genuine uh, a gift that you're giving back to someone, that you're actually spending the time and caring enough to do what is right rather than do what is uh, best for you. And that means taking the time to actually deliver thoroughly and through you who you are to this other person, no matter who they are. And then there's growth, and, and growth is comes is a, you know, it means that we're evolving. That means we're always seeking further knowledge 
to be able to help other people. If we're experts in certain areas, we always need to be seeking knowledge to grow that knowledge, to be able to grow the amount of people that we can help in order for us to facilitate better growth in other people. So it's important uh, to also look at hedonia because hedonia is a more human term. And and what it basically means is the absence of distress, comfort, enjoyment, pleasure. Well, that sounds pretty cool, but that's really easy. And and that's what hedonia means. And it has very little virtue, meaning that it it is not something that's bigger than you. And so these things are about personal, having your own personal comfort, your own personal lack of distress, which, you know, can be a great thing from a sense of are you personifying that in a legitimate and a real way in which other people are learning how to have those peaceful things in their life in which that will allow them to springboard into their virtues. And so – If you dive a little deeper into things, um, you know, they highlight several points, um, and these include the fact that different definitions tend to be applied depending on whether people are examining the concepts of the state or the trait level. And and so there's there's a lot of differences depending on whether a, a philosophical or a psychological standpoint is adopted. I would have to tell you, um, philo- philosophy is is not good unless it has a way to integrate to you psychologically. And that means to be able to be something that you evolve with into your own character and take that that psychology or that philosophy and move that into your life in a way that's real. You know, uh, there's a lot of research that doesn't believe that, that you know, that well-being uh, came about accidentally. They, they want to develop a, a well-being questionnaires, basically, because they need to evaluate various interventions that they derive from the definition of well-being. And, and so, you know, they pay a lot of attention to whether they actually capture the richness of human wellness and human happiness. You know, if, if you look from a hedonic perspective, that's a pretty empty perspective. It doesn't offer you a lot of well-being. It doesn't offer you a lot of happiness, but it does offer you a lot of comfort. And it's probably true that uh, contemporary literature as well as, uh, you know, largely ignores the contributions of of existential thinkers. And so uh, it it doesn't pay much attention to the complexity of of the conceptions of of happiness and peace. Well, you know, um, (laughs) existential thinkers are are, are people that are very much in line uh, in some ways and very easily applied to a Christian perspective because they're about living in the moment, living in the moment and nowhere else. And so, you know, if you want well-being and you want it on a continuous basis, try to be in the moment as much as you can. And whatever gets in the way, whether it's pain, whether it's paranoia, whether it's stress, move it aside so that you can still be in the moment. And that can be hard to do when people live in their heads And they're always trying to judge other people or they're always trying to find reasons not to do things or they're always looking for an emotion first rather than a thought. You know, a leap of faith is a leap towards other people of all kinds, of all places, of all uh, backgrounds, all cultures. It means you take a leap of faith into the human being. And by doing that, that is safe. 
that's a place where people are safe because they that's where the core of their existence is. It's not in their labels. It's not in their doctrine. It's more about them as a person. And, and so what's incredible is that um, many people walk around and live black and white thinking, and literally black and white thinking, where they, they look at a, a black male or something and they label. They look at a policeman, label. They they look at a, a woman who may be dressed in a weird way, label. They they look at an old person, label. And and by doing that, they're able to have what's called muscle memory and how to respond to that person. And so they basically just talk to the labels or in their head reinforce the labels. And usually they're very negative instead of just trying to understand the person for who they really are. You know, uh, going back, going back to Aristotle, you know, he looked at happiness is found leading a, a virtuous life and doing what is worth doing. And so that means when Aristotle sat on the steps with Socrates and all these folks, they sat on the steps and they basically taught each other different forms of thinking and different thoughts about life. Um, and developed the first form of a university by learning from each other, um, they were developing uh, virtues that could help the human race because they didn't just sit there and have these deep conversations. They wrote about them, and they put them in stories, and they put them in plays in a way that they could help other people understand a better way of living. Well, you know, there's no better place to find all of that philosophy and all of that than the Bible. The Bible offers us all of it. And so it's a great, it, it actually captures almost all philosophy into a very, very uh, human form in a sense of almost all the, the, the characters in the Bible, all the people in the Bible that, 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 that God puts forward, like Moses and Abraham and David, they're flawed. They're flawed people. They're totally flawed, made big, big, big mistakes. But they were forgiven. And, and yes, they, they may have went through a, a seasons of hardship, but the bottom line is they, they were great people from a sense of how they took their problems and showed people how to lead them way, their way out. There's also this thing called humanistic psychology, and um, it, it's about people having a free will or making choices that influence who they are. So, so what also makes it, uh, you know, very difficult from the perspectives of psychology is, is actualizing. And so Carl Rogers, which was basically uh, the founder of humanistic psychology, um, basically centered the whole concept on not having answers to people that he saw in counseling, but just reflective listening. It's called person-centered therapy, where the person would be able to have questions and explore who they are and then find their own answers within themselves because he believed that we don't always have the answers for other people, but they have the answers within them. And our job as psychologists is to find those answers within them by our curiosity and questions to that person about their choices, about who they are, so that they can find virtue in their life and get back to a place of self-actualization where they can actually form their bigger the spirit, the person that they really are and what they want to do with their life. And, and so this is a, you know, a directional trend. It's very organic. 
Um, and, and it's, it has an urge to expand and develop and mature, which is a very good thing, but it doesn't necessarily have a, a God-based um, um, philosophy to it. It doesn't necessarily have a God-based flavor to it. It has a more human uh, in charge of their own life uh, 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 feel for it. However, if you are a spiritual person, if you're a Christian or whatever faith you are, you may have a way to do the, the humanistic psychology and have that spiritual connectionness within you. And, and so here's the bottom line. If you look at cognitive psychology, just the bottom line, what is that? Thought-based psychology. It's very simple. It's, it's irrelevant what happens to you. It's, it's irrelevant. What's more important is how you choose to react to what happens to you. And that's where virtue is discovered. How you choose to react to the negative things that happen to you. You know, if something devastating happens in your life, maybe there's a reason for it. You may not know what that is. But if you allow God to say, okay, God did this, and I don't know why that happened. It's horrible. But there's usually a reason. And I have to find, it's really, I have to find how I want to choose to react. Do I want to be angry? Do I want to be frustrated? Do I want to turn into a victim? Or do I want to learn from the experience and try to do the best of what I can do? You know, and, and that's the bottom line. And sometimes on the backside of those decisions comes a greater prosperity, a greater life, uh, a greater opportunities, and, and maybe even a gift from somebody that may have died or where, that, where we actually never would have realized something within ourselves had that not happened. And that something is going to give back to the human race in a big way. You know, it's, it's, it's just so much that, you know, we're not the gods of our life, but we like to be. So, you know, your spirit in action refers to the potential each person has and the realization that leads to our greater fulfillment. And so people that are living for themselves without the effort to live in accordance with their spirit, uh, these people lack uh, the spirit life. They lack the purposeful life. What they have is their human life. So they just kind of sit in their, their own stew without anybody ever tasting it. And, you know, that's kind of sad, but, you know, people will be poor or whatever. You know, you can be Udomonic and be poor um, because the bottom line is all you have to be is someone that wants to give back through your spirit. It may be just a nice person saying hi, you know, walking out the grocery store and, and being a person that says, hello, God bless you. Hope you're having a great day. And maybe they're asking for money, but they don't. They don't. Uh, they don't ask you directly. But that person's more likely to be the one that's going to get money rather than the person that's just standing there uh, with a bucket in front of them. You know. So you know, positive relations with other people create positive experiences for people throughout a day. Personal growth for, comes from living a personal life or a, a purposeful life, and uh, mastering uh, our life and, and becoming. Uh, you know, somebody that is very good at what we do, but not overly uh, egotistical about what we do. All right. So that's our show. Big old heady show. Udemonia. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me directly through our, our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, most people don't discover what hap happiness means until they get married. Then it's too late. Also, you can't buy happiness, but you can buy chips and alcohol. And to achieve inner peace, 
accomplish two things you started in a day, like a bottle of whiskey and a chocolate cake. <laughs> Here's another one. Only accountants can solve world peace through reconciliation. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 